Hello and welcome to Reference Frames Podcast, a podcast for the physics types out there where we seek to reframe your favorite physics lessons in the uh, context of popular culture media. My name is Ian and I'm here with my good friend, co-host, physics nerd, Will. Hi everybody, I'm Will. Wow, that's it. We've done it. Intro number one for our podcast. We cracked it. I think that's all it took. I only had one disfluency in my sentence. Do you want so, to do it again? or I, I, No, I think that was perfect, honestly. Yeah. If I do it again, we'll just keep... Um, it's true. We're going to take 10 takes, and then That's true. we'll run out of time because i got to order a pizza still tonight. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that is really... This better all be in the actual podcast, by the way. It's all going in. None of it gets cut. Oh, That's good. the thing about podcasts. It's just honest talk. Uncut, real footage. Uncut. <laughs> it's for the Patreon guys only. Exactly. <laughs> Get our awkward silences and oh, yeah. mumbles mm-hmm. all through mm-hmm. and through. I, I don't know about awkward silences. It, it's like a it's like a framing device, you know. It gets suspenseful. Oh, is that what it is? It's mm-hmm. sort of a who could have seen this coming type of thing. It's like, it's like a Hitchcockian kind of vibe, you know. Oh, that's always fun. Well, this isn't about film. This is about physics, obviously. Oh. It is episode one. We probably should talk about what exactly we're doing here and what that's the point, point is. Um, so I came to you a month ago, two months ago, yeah. a while a, a while a, back. About, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, there's no physics podcast out there that combines our favorite things, which is physics um, and nerd things like Lord of the Rings and That's D&D. And, and which is like. odd considering the, the, the Venn diagrams of nerds and physicists. It's basically a circle inside. It's of almost circle. one circle, right? Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, hey, you're sort of studying <clears throat> physics education research. Um, and I'm sort of not studying anymore because I got a degree already. You got an actual real person job. You know, got a real person job. Um, what if we did some physics podcast? And to my good fortune, you said yes. You know, Ian, uh, I feel like that's a trend of ours. You come up with a, a great idea and I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually it's about like food, which isn't usually an easy yes. Or Montana. Or, Oh, that's a good point. Or becoming a zipline guide post-college, which exactly. worked out nicely for very, us, I think. Nice. What's tough about physics, I think, is some of the some of the topics can be so heady. It can be kind of tough to wrap wrap your uh, arms around, especially when some of the examples given are like not that approachable. I think remember the dropping the rock down the well? Who could forget? You drop a rock down a well and sound comes back up mm-hmm. and you got to figure out what was it? How deep the well how, is? How deep Ju- the well was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how, that's not that approachable. No. But when you think about like things we've all seen, like, you know, someone shooting a bow, uh, our favorite, our favorite elf, Gimli. His oh, name oh, is. I love, I love that elf Gimli. Very <laughs> lovely. Elf. Uh, all those Beautiful. things. It feels like those are approachable topics that aren't exploited enough in education. And I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I think this is a good opportunity to, you know, make it more approachable, which is always good. Premise-wise, <clears throat> I've asked you to prepare, like a little mini lecture, uh, utilizing all of our favorite movie scenes uh, and also your chops as a pretty good dungeon master uh, <laughs> to sort of paint a world that we can listen to and then utilize as a as a... Method for understanding a physics concept. Yeah, should be a fun time. I think it'll be a fun time. Any other things you want, you feel like we should mention about what we're going to get into and what our goals are here? Our mission, if you will. Well, the mission is always to have a good time. And learn a little bit while you're doing it. For sure. Um, No, not really. I mean, 
basic uh, framework is I give a fun little synopsis of a scene. Hopefully you all remember, or if you don't, you're familiar with. And then Ian takes a stab at what he thinks the principle of the week is. And then uh, right or wrong, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And we'll hopefully learn something and have a good time. All right. Well, I got nothing else to say. We have no sponsors because this Perfect. is the first episode ever. Exactly. Um, We're going to have NASCAR pretty quick, though, I think. You don't We're need gonna... to plug anything. <laughs> Except NASCAR, apparently. All right. And so, uh, why don't you take it away? Take us into your mind. Paint us mm. a picture with words. The mind palace doors opening. <laughs> a hearty gale brushes in, cooling your toes. The year, Ian, is 1728. Location, Port Royal, Jamaica. Will Turner, the town's apprentice blacksmith, desperately needs the help of the imprisoned 'er ne'er-do-well Jack Sparrow, of all people, to save his true love from a crew of scurrilous scallywags. There's only one issue, however. The keys to the jail cells that Jack Sparrow is imprisoned within are in the jaws of a flighty pup and thus a different method for springing his conspirator needs to be devised. However, being the blacksmith that helped make the cell bars in the first place, Turner knows that the half-pin barrel hinges only need to be lifted up a small amount for the door to be wrenched free. He takes a nearby bench, hooks the legs into the slats of the cell door, and yanks hard on the far end, springing both the door up and his new friend free from captivity. As you hopefully are all aware, a great adventure then unfolds, blah, 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 all made possible by a young blacksmith's quick thinking and understanding of the fundamentals of basic mechanics. So, Ian, what do you think? What are we talking about this week? Wow. <clears throat> uh, you know, I know this is going to come as a huge shock to you, but I'm going to take a wild mm. stab in the dark. Blacksmithery. You're right. Blacksmithery. Are we going to talk, talk about keys and keyways? Um, it's unfair this week because, indeed, we wrote this script sort of together. Um, but why don't I take it the guess? You know, you got to take a first stab. Uh, we're, let's, are we talking about torque this week? Oh, how did you know? Oh, my gosh. You are <laughs> so correct. We are talking about torque this week. Let me tell you a little bit about torque, Ian. Oh, I don't, well, before get you, you get into out. torque, let's talk about uh, one of those words you used in there. Scurless? Mm. Scurless, the, yeah. Scurless? Is it that means, what I heard? It uh, means foul-mouthed and evil, I believe, uh, which apparently <sighs> go together. Huh. Uh, yeah. There, 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 I believe... I believe, uh, don't, maybe don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it goes back to the, uh, old English, like, uh, like, uh, or maybe Anglo-Saxon for like poor people. Pretty sure. Most insults tend to come from words for poor people. Uh, usually where they go, right? It it tends to be where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would like to remind you, you said, um, don't quote me on this. This is a podcast, buddy. Yeah, this is I nothing know. but a quote. One long quote. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Is the Merriam-Webster police going to pick up, pick me up off the side of the street? I don't think so. They might. Yeah, they might. I'm not worried. <clears throat> anyway, sorry for the diversion. Please. <clears throat> yeah. So, torque. Uh, you've probably heard of a torque wrench, maybe, uh, if you work in a me- mechanic shop or you've been to a mechanic shop. Uh, so, a torque is just it's it's a it's a measure of how much. Uh, a given force is going to be able to make something rotate about a given point. Uh, in this case, right, Will Turner, the brave hero, is trying to make a bench brace on the floor rotate enough to lift up the jail cell door. So 
when it comes to torque, there's really three things that matter um, when you're calculating how successful this force will be at making a thing rotate. Um, the first, probably more straightforward one, is uh, the force itself. So if you have a very big force you're applying, you're going to make things rotate quicker or easier, right? That should be fairly self-explanatory. Um, but there's a few other things that go into it. So the second thing that kind of goes into it uh, is how far away from the axis of rotation. So in this case, the floor that it's uh, set on. But if you imagine a door, like the door hinge is where the door will rotate. <clears throat> so if you're pushing with a force further away from that axis of rotation, uh, you're going to have an easier time making it spin. You're going to have a, a larger torque. Um, and then the last one, which may be a little odd if you think about it, but hopefully we'll, we'll kind of get you to realize what we're talking about. It's It de also depends on the angle between the direction of the force you're applying and the what we call the moment arm of the thing rotating. We'll talk about what that means. The moment arm basically is it's the line drawn between the application point of the force and the hinge, the axis rotation. So as an example, to kind of bring this all together, if you're trying to open a door or, or shut a door, for example, right, the axis rotation is the hinge of the door, right? So that's what it'll spin around or it'll rotate around. Um, so if you imagine how to make that door open the fastest you possibly could, there's a few things you could do. You could apply a really big force, right? That'll make it slam shut, as you might be familiar from your teenage days. Uh, you can apply... <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you can apply the force further away from the hinge. So that's the reason that most door hinges are on the opposite side of the door from the door hinge, because that's the place to make it spin easiest from if you apply the force there. And, and then this is kind of interesting one to think about. So if you, if you have a door nearby, feel free to go and test it. Um, if you try to push or pull the door with the force uh, in the direction or in the opposite direction of the hinge itself, so if you imagine opening a door and pushing on the like thin side of the open door frame and like pushing inwards towards the hinge, it's not going to rotate much, right? Um, so that's what I meant by the whole uh, angle there. So basically, you want to be pushing in a way that logically would make it rotate. So you know, into the door or away from the door to make it open or close. If that makes sense. You follow along there, Ian? Yeah, you mean if I if I squirreled my little fingers mm -hmm. in between the door and the wall, <clears throat> and I just tried to try to wedge it out with just the thin side of the door. That's not that yeah, effective. It's not gonna it's not gonna spin very much. And that's what torque is. That's why most of us don't open doors. Yeah, that I mean way, fundamentally right? everyone should have a basic idea of what this how this works, right? You've all opened doors before. You know that if you push near the hinge, it's not gonna rotate much. You know, all of the above. It's just kind of wrapping your head around it in general. It can be a little tricky. So with that said, yeah. Ian, do you have any fun real-world cases? I have a few prepared, <laughs> um, but if you have one, I'd love to hear it. I have one that um, comes to mind uh, <laughs> in a painful experience. Oh, no. So as you may recall, I got uh, LASIK this past August. It's true. It's true. And shortly after I got LASIK, I needed to do some car work. Uh, I had to replace some differential fluid <clears> in my vehicle and... I have a problem where I don't want to take it to the dealer because I I do that whole like, oh, <clears throat> I can do it course, myself. <laughs> it's just liquids. Uh, so I brought it to my parents' house. This is a, like maybe a week after I had LASIK. Um, right. So my eyes are mostly healed, but not completely sure, healed. Sure. You're like Han Solo um, in like about a half hour into uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, that hibernation yeah, sickness so. is, is wearing still off. a little but chilly, not but, yeah. but I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm underneath the car with a wrench that, um, you know, was normal, like 
wrench length. What you'd expect if if you picture a wrench, mm. it's what not a not up. a monkey wrench, not and like was, a plumber's monkey wrench, but like a no, just your standard socket gotcha. ratcheting gotcha. wrench. Um, and I had it on the bolt that I was going for, and I was pulling and I was cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking to the point where I had to put my whole body into it uh, before I got this nut to spin. And wouldn't you know what happened? I uh, punched myself directly in the eyeball. Mm. Ah, nuts. so hard. Ah, nuts is indeed correct. And I was just thinking like, oh man, if I would have had, you know, a longer wrench, maybe I wouldn't have punched myself in the face. If I had one, you know, you can put like a pipe on a wrench and it'll make your wrench longer. It's true. It's true. Which means you have to, you have to move more, but it's easy. You know, it doesn't take your whole body weight. And I ended up... um, Punching myself in the face. Per- permanently blinding yourself in that eye. It's, it's permanently really blinding myself. That's not true, actually. Not I was, true. Yeah, I was very concerned for a moment, and then I opened my eyes, and I was like, oh, never mind. I'm still good, I think. <laughs> and that, anyway, a, then I yeah. kept on going, and I did indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that was my torque example. No, that's great. That's great. I have a, I have a fun one. Uh, well, actually, it, it also has to do with, with sort of a, a, a similar implement to a wrench, but this time it's a screwdriver. Ooh. Uh, and so it's kind of a fun, a fun case for like why screwdrivers are the proportions they are. Um, so if you imagine, if you will, uh, trying to open a paint can, you know, you get the, you kind of have to wedge the thing in there and kind of peel it up like a crowbar, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most fun part about painting. Oh, easily, easily. But notice, right, if we're looking at the torque, right, we just said that, you know, part of the thing that matters is how far away you're applying the force, right? So yeah. if you have a longer and longer screwdriver you'll have to work far less hard to open the paint can. You're trying to rotate that up and pop the paint can lid off, right? Yeah. So that's an interesting case, right? So that's, so that's kind of where the length might be useful. So you might, you might want a longer or a shorter... You get a really uh, long screwdriver. Screw, exactly. But also, if you imagine trying to trying to, trying to open or, or uh, sorry, loosen a, uh, a stubborn screw, like one that's kind of maybe rusted a bit or gotten sealed slightly, right? Uh-huh. Uh, in that case, right, you have to think about where you're trying to rotate that thing with your hand, right? And if you think about the distance from the application of the force to the rotation axis, right, it's actually the thickness of the handle itself, right? The thicker the handle, oh, right. yeah. the bigger diameter of the handle, the farther away your hand is applying the force uh, from the axis that it's rotating around, right? So actually, yeah. in that case, you kind of want, I guess, the ideal screwdriver, apparently, <laughs> is a really long one with a really wide right. diameter handle. Big old grip. <laughs> just a just a very bizarre looking implement. But that would be apparently the ideal screwdriver, at least Perfect for those two uses, paint cans and screws. Yeah. I mean, I had that. I was putting a new hard drive in my computer yesterday and I was using the world's smallest screwdriver, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was has almost no handle. It's almost just a, you know, blade. And, I and that might be by um, design. They probably don't want you to put too much force into those screws, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and some of those, you know precision screwdrivers are made that way so that you don't over torque anything exactly because you can't you, you physically can't unless you're applying a huge force but like or you grab it with a monkey wrench and give <laughs> or give yourself a bigger throw that's a good point it's a good point uh, but yeah no i experienced that yesterday i had to go find a better screwdriver and by better i mean one with a thicker handle thicker handle i'm telling you how about that it's one of those things we we experience but um don't really you think about you it think so about much. It. Yeah. No. That's the cool thing about physics. Sometimes you take things for granted, you know, like LCD screens or GPS gravity. or something. Exactly. It's cool stuff. Well, yeah. I, I hope you don't take gravity for granted. That's one of those important things you don't want to forget about. I pretty regularly um, <laughs> test out gravity, make sure it's still there. Yeah. That's fair. You know, 
mountain yeah. biking, one wheeling, rock climbing, rock climbing. A lot of I'm I'm keeping gravity in check at all times. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, all right, and so so the final one uh, that I thought of that's kind of interesting, uh, kind of a fun situation is a trebuchet, right? So. Oh, exactly. Boy, yeah. Here we go. So trebuchets, right? They pivot around the the base, right? And and the whole point is to f- to spin it as fast as possible, right? The faster you spin it, the farther and higher that the projectile will fly, right? So ideally, yeah. you want to provide the biggest possible torque because you want it to rotate as fast as possible, right? Uh, and so there's a few ways you can do it. So if you're familiar at all with the construction of a trebuchet, basically they have a big. <laughs> A big heavy. Who's familiar with that? <laughs> You've seen, I don't know, Return of the King or something. Uh, but if you're familiar, right, they have these large, large masses hanging on the shorter end of the of the the big long stick. I don't know, it's probably a name for it. And then yeah. you have the little the little thing you're gonna chuck, kind of hung by a by a rope um, to the longer end of it, right? But mm-hmm. if you can think about ways to optimize that, right, it's either increase the weight of the thing, which makes it more difficult to construct, because if you recall historically. Trebuchets were always built on site because they're way too heavy. Um, so you right. bring all the wood to build one, you'd construct it, and then you just gather a bunch of rocks from the nearby countryside to fill it with. What um, a so weird either, time it was that they could just, they're like, oh, we just got to find some big rocks to huck around. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, then you just find some other rocks to throw with it, right? Just rock throwing rocks. It's, it's yeah. uh, using the old, the enemy's land against them. It's uh, Ooh. brutal. Uh, but uh, so, so if you want to think about that, so you either have to have a ton of rocks you need to collect and a huge, big wooden holder for them, container for them. Uh, so that's one option. The bigger that gets, the bigger the force, the bigger the torque, bigger the throw. Uh, the other option is, you know, increase how far away that that rock hangs from the pivot point, right? Um, but then if you do that too much, right, eventually you have this, the whole thing has to swing. So it needs to be enough clearance beneath the pivot point for the whole huge weight to swing. So right. it's kind of a balance of like how many rocks can we reasonably collect and how much is it uh, worth and also how, how freaking high do we need to make this pivot point on this trebuchet to make it uh, feasible. So, you know, I guess historically speaking, they must have settled on, you know, the trebuchet designs we see in history books and movies. According to the movies, they work pretty well. It's true. It's true. I mean, and historically speaking, they, they were very successful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very very successful so huh. all right so so let's go back then to will turner in the in the the jailhouse and but port you royal. have heard of me port royal. my <laughs> how was that right, johnny depp's on this call i didn't i didn't know he was here um but if we go back to that scene right um yeah so what is he doing so he puts this kind of lever pivot the proper leverage i think he puts it uh, of this bench, right? He puts it under there and he's trying to make it rotate, right? So where does he apply the force? Ian, do you remember? Uh, I'm going to go with he's applying the force at the end of the bench. Exactly, right? Because he's a wise, uh, young, albeit young, but strapping. wise, strapping young blacksmith, right? And he knows that for the most bang for your buck, the proper leverage applied as far away from possible, as far away from the pivot point as possible. So that's why he does it there. And he puts his whole body weight into it, right? The nice thing is it's up high, so he can kind of just put his whole right. weight into it as much force as possible. Pops it right off those, what are they called? Half barrel hinges? Uh, half pin barrel hinges, which I did oh. Google. Uh, that's a real thing. Uh, they're just a type of hinge. And okay. uh, half pin, I guess, uh, makes, makes it so it, that's why it's so easy to just lift it up off the mounting. Right. It's yeah. not, not captured up above, maybe. Exactly. So I'm speculating. If, if it weren't purely. for uh, the understanding of torque, the distance and the, and the mass and the force and all that fun stuff, then uh, that adventure never would have happened, and uh, Jack, uh, Jack Sparrow would have probably got executed, like in the beginning of the second movie. Uh, sorry, spoilers. 
Oh, well, he doesn't actually die. He doesn't. He doesn't actually die. But oh, a second spoiler. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I didn't want to leave him, leave him hanging with like, oh no, Jack Sparrow. He's my favorite character from the first movie. Uh, so, in case you're worried, you can watch Dead Man's Chest. It's a, it's an okay film. It's not as good as the first one, in my opinion, but it's, uh, it's good stuff. So, what you said? What if he had a really short bench? It'd be a lot harder. Then right? it wouldn't. It likely wouldn't have worked. Uh, he is not that heavy of a person. I guess he could have maybe if he could have drug his uh, unconscious uh, blacksmith master over. He was pretty large. <laughs> maybe he could just kind of <laughs> heave that guy onto it. Know it worked. I don't know. And if uh, the bench was way it, longer, it was a big bench. It was well. It would probably wouldn't have fit in the in, in the jail. But uh, yeah, that would have made it easier though. He, he, with a pinky finger, even just oh, how cool would that have been? It makes him look like a like a superhero, you know. Right, exactly. You know, that's the fun thing about about physics. If you if you learn, especially like some of the electromagnetism stuff that we'll I'm sure we'll talk about in future episodes, right? Um, you can it can be like magic sometimes. You're obeying the laws of physics, but sometimes you can exploit them to look pretty darn cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's talk about like every single physics demo we did throughout college. Oh yeah. I mean I can like, never forget the uh the tube full of flame. That's a oh, so cool. A they're not they're ju- they're built purely for spectacle. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> like, of course. So as can... is this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just showmen is what we are. That's all we are. I was thinking about that. And that really does kind of seem like like a demo we would have done in college. Like, look at this heavy thing. But now mm. with the application of a simple bench. See, can no, the real like question a, is, why have a potato gun to, to look at pressure differentials when we could have just used a trebuchet to talk about torque? That's what I'm... Oh, my gosh. Wasn't saying. that potato one cannons of the, are cool. I think they had done that and they got in trouble. That makes sense. I think they had done a catapult and I they mean, were like, uh, you can't do... You can't have, make they, catapults. They also launched potatoes like several hundred yards. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in the general direction of the president of the college's house, which yeah, is questionable. Uh, uh, you know, Becky, we love you, but we might have put you in danger every time. But I'm sorry about the potatoes. Sorry about the potatoes. If you ever <laughs> wonder where those potato shards came from, <laughs> that was the physics department. That's the physics department. So normally in the run of show, I believe this would be a point for uh, like a like a, a question from the. Yeah, normally um, after we build up, you know, kind of a huge viewership of adoring fans who sort of love our natural charisma. Oh, yeah. And our, our That's one thing banter. people everybody knows about physics people they're so much charisma known for their yeah being able to present and talk about things that mm-hmm. are very dry and boring and mm-hmm. not so much podcasting thank but god talk isn't boring anymore we made it interesting oh we made it so interesting by tying it back to johnny depp on orlando bloom and pirates which is I mean, a great movie orlando bloom. Um, yes normally during this time i would come to you with maybe a question that has been tweeted at us Hmm. But what would they tweet it to? What is the? Oh, you they they could tweet us at Reference Frames Podcast. Very straightforward. Wow, wow, wow! Shockingly, nobody took that name yet. Uh, so again, if anyone is out there listening, please tweet at us with your physics-based questions, your critiques of uh, Will's lesson. We are both pro science, which means sometimes accepting if you're incorrect or mm-hmm, not a hundred percent right on about something. And we'll make sure we always uh, address anything yeah. that was inaccurate about previous episodes. Um, not that we would ever be inaccurate, of course. Not that we uh, could ever do such a thing. Not me, never, certainly. I don't do but, the physics. Uh, in, in case that were to happen, please let us know. Um, we are yes. all about that scientific method. That's the way it goes. Sometimes just accepting that what's right today is wrong tomorrow. Or wrong today is right tomorrow. But yeah, I think um, 
message to all the people who decided to listen. Thank you that you came here and listened all the way through episode one, Reference Frames podcast about Torque. I don't currently have any plans to purchase any advertisement spots for this show, which means that Good. any sort of um, growth or any sort of advertisements would indeed be recommendations and word of mouth. So if you listen to this podcast and you enjoyed it and you thought it was fun, and you know some other people out there that are physics types or who are generally interested in science or pop culture or both, the intersection of all those things, we would very much appreciate it if you'd pass this on to them so that we could get some viewer questions that I can give yeah. to Will. Uh, again, you can tweet us. us. Come on. Please do our work for us. You can tweet tweet at us, uh, Reference Frames Podcast. You can even find us on Facebook, which is the same name, Reference Frames Podcast. We don't have a website. Not yet. Not we'll, yet. We'll, we'll own Amazon.com at some point. We're, we're, In short we're order, Amazon, that's our goal. Amazon will be ours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're going to... We're going to become characters in Disney's Star Wars universe. Those are the two goals of the podcast. Exactly. Yep. Next about Babu Freak. That'll be me. <laughs> your favorite yeah, character. Yeah, there we go. Well, I can't believe that was your favorite character. I did not say that was my favorite character. <laughs> you that was love a little deep Babu. cut for you. He was great. Um, uh, do you have any messages for the people? Uh, no. Be safe. Um, enjoy life and I love you.